Hey everybody, welcome to the Spider Deck Network and thank you so much for listening. We absolutely appreciate it. Uh, we've got a ton of support in recent weeks and it's just going to go up from here, everybody. Um, so I just wanted to talk to everybody real quick about some of the stuff we're doing over at the website. Um, right now, we have a bunch of t-shirts available if you go to the merchandise tab on spiderducknetwork.com. So we'd appreciate if you check that stuff out and wear that shirt, wear them with, with pride. Um, recently, we just put up the Too Soon shirt featuring Ralph and Taylor for their new show. Has the logo for the show with that. We also have new Trevor and Ian talk show shirts. We have the one featuring Ian, which is I've made mistakes with other people's dicks. And, I mean, that's hilarious, so you should definitely buy that shirt. And then we have the Bundle Up Bitch hoodie. I mean, it's winter time. Why not grab a hoodie, you know, with your favorite quote from me on it that says Bundle Up Bitch. Come on now. It's a no-brainer. And then we also have the Tatum Gordon Levitt Gosling camera shirt, which is a conversation we had in episode six. So if you haven't listened to that conversation, you should definitely go back and listen to that. So those are just some of the things that we have available in the merchandise section. And also, if you guys buy stuff off Amazon.com, if you just click our Amazon store link at the top of the website. Uh, it helps us out greatly if you just buy the things that you would normally buy on Amazon.com. You don't have to buy anything special, you just buy the things that you were gonna buy anyway. And that helps out us and helps out everybody on the site. So for that, we appreciate it. So now, after all that, on to the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. When he was talking, I was just sitting there, you know, cutting my wrist. He- that made a horrible mistake uh, with other people's dick. <laughs> Alright, well... This is so fast! You're welcome! We've gone off the rails. Bundle up, bitch! Black Hello, people! everybody. <laughs> um, you so always get to open this. That's... That's that's our new opening, apparently. Uh, I love this, you by, the spike by in Ian. the audio. Yeah, yeah, it spiked up there a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, so, I love you, Trevor. So this is the uh, Trevor and Ian talk show, episode number eight. Awesome. We're, we're so close. To two months digits. in, two months in, and you know the ADD cast is in full force. I'm gonna try to be I'm better sure, about this. It's not gonna happen. So yeah, um, wrong, today. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about, you know, stuff and, you know... Things. Things. Fair and, enough. you know, st- stuff's happening. So since I've been starting the last couple weeks on what have you been consuming... Is Meryl Streep's vagina on the table? No. Can it be? I don't think it can be anymore. It's, you know... Just put that shit on a menopause? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anywho. You can start um, it again. Consuming. I... Okay. You well, gonna throw, you gotta throw it at me. Is that what you gotta do? Well, you know what? Why you gotta fuck me like that, Trevor? I, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I will start actually. Fair enough. I'll start. Oh, selfish, and I'll start with what I was consuming today, which was the new game from your friends at Activision and the developer Eurocom. It is 007 Legends. Good, because right now I'm playing 
uh, World is Not Enough that they made for 64, A, it pales in comparison to fucking Goldeneye, and B, it's Eurocom as well, and they desecrated that fucking game. Well, that's not the only game they desecrated. So this one's... So, I, I've been seeing your post all day. You were live tweeting about it. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to kind of go through some of my tweets here and just kind of talk about it a little bit because... Fuck this game. Okay. I saw this on Facebook earlier, and I've been bracing for your hatred of it all day. 007 Legends is a horrible fucking game that should not have been released. Um, but you know what? That's most of Activision's games because they have their you know stable of developers that they give six months to make a crappy game for. And yeah, you know, I would I would say that this game is like James Bond Call of Duty because it's fucking boring. <laughs> it's boring as shit. So, let's just talk about some of the tweets I did. Earlier, I said, I'm sorry, NPC soldier, I'm not fucking James Bond or anything. By all means, push me out of the way if you want my cover. Because a fucking NPC soldier, I'm standing in cover during one of the few times that, you know, cover actually fucking worked. So, I'm standing there in cover, and he just comes up to me and takes, takes my cover, it pushes me out of the way, and I get shot in the face. So... Fuck is you, it, soldier. Is it as bad as the as the GoldenEye redo they did a couple years ago with Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan's role? Well, I actually... Nerd rage. I, I liked the GoldenEye redo they did when they released it for the Xbox last year. Not the Wii version. I, I never played the Wii version. Because um, I never played my Wii because the Wii sucks. Anyway. Um, yeah, I can see that. So, in this one, you play as Daniel Craig... In old Bond movies, where the first two <laughs> levels are Goldfinger, so it's Daniel Craig as Sean Connery. As Sean Connery. I think it'd be funny if you played as Daniel Craig in, like, Layer Cake. <laughs> Not even a James no. Bond movie. Gold, just another Daniel Gold Craig Compass. movie. That makes it Gold Compass. <laughs> oh, movies. Let's kill God. <laughs> I don't remember James Bond murdering the Lord. <laughs> but it, it does, like... A couple missions from each different movie. Yeah. So it has Goldfinger, Jeez, then it, it has On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like the George Lazenby? Yes. That? Wow. Yes. Wow. Which Underrated. That, which that Hipster. one That one brought me to Frank Sinatra called the shittiest skiing sequence I've ever played in a enough, fucking right? video game. No. It was in fucking On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And it was In Her Majesty's Secret Service up top. Yeah, and uh, it was it was fucking terrible. Like you have to fuck, fucking sit there and dodge trees and in shit. In Her Majesty's Secret Cervix. Wow. Secret Swervis. <laughs> but this game, the game's a fucking mess. You got you got that, and then you got. Uh, it's a noble idea. Like a couple years ago, when they brought Connery back and did From Russia with Love. Yeah. I thought that panned out kind of well. It, it was all right. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, it, it was a. It but wasn't you can bad. do a good James Bond game. Well, I, what bums me out though is that okay, I I claim to to like night night not Nightfire, Agent Under Fire. I like that one for PS2, and I know you said Everything or Nothing is great, but Everything I, or Nothing is the best James Bond game they've done since Gold since Goldeneye. And it's sad that that gap went from fucking Everything or Nothing was 360, right? No, it was PS2. PS2. Yeah, was like almost. It was two, the it was the one right before from Russia. Almost two goddamn generations of gaming systems to get another Bond game right. Yeah, and uh, 
Like th this one, and then it goes to, I can't even forget, I can't even remember the fucking third movie it goes to, so we'll just skip that one. Then it goes Probably to Die shit. Another Day, which if you're going to pick a Brosnan movie, I can understand not picking Goldeneye because, you Don't know. Don't pick the shit done with Why fucking Why would you Halle pick Berry. the fucking worst fucking James, or Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie out there? I mean, granted, it's going to have Daniel Craig in it, but it's still going to suck ass. Yeah, but you still got to deal with fucking Halle Berry's jinx. Probably. But guess what? I did get the box, Benicio Del Toro, because um, apparently he was in a Bond movie in the late 80s. That's the one I can't think really? of. Yeah, so I got the box him in a shitty boxing quick time so that event a... that they make you fight every fucking boss battle was with. That a that's movie? the same fucking boss battle I fought against Odd Job, because that's all they know how to do for boss battles is to push the right stick down right now, push the left stick up right now, push the fucking trigger. Oh, okay, I'll fucking do that. And that's wow. a boxing match. So, <laughs> fuck you, was, 007 Legends. Was the late 80s Dalton? Uh, Timothy Dalton, right? I think so, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So Dalton was the, the last one to play. You're talking like live and, live and Let Die era. Uh, He was, yeah. Uh, I think it might have been License Liver. to Kill. License to Kill, I think, is yeah. the one, yeah. Which one did Duran Duran do? Live the and Let Die for? was um, um, Roger, was it Roger, Roger Moore? Moore, yeah. That's what, what I might have been thinking Paul of. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Which one did Duran Duran do? You only live once? Uh, View to a Kill. View to a Kill. View to a Kill. Was that the one with Christopher Walken? And then Aha uh -huh was The Living Daylight. Okay. Which was also Timothy Dalton. Well, Christopher, um, oh, um, Christopher Walken was Christopher a villain. Christopher Walken was either Moon... No, it wasn't Moonraker. It was View to a Kill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little... I grant you, I really want that... That Bond box set, the 15th anniversary one, with like all all of them except for uh, Sean Connery giving license to to they all came back and did stuff for it. Mm -hmm. And the DVD box set has a blank space for when they release Skyfall on DVD. Oh, I can't. Those Very trailers, Skyfall, Skyfall look, really good. look. And have, have you heard Adele's song for it yet? I yes, think we might have talked about great. that last week. It's fantastic. It's such it's such a throwback to like the Shirley Bassey like early Bond theme songs and stuff like that. It's so good. She's fantastic. Like, uh, I'm, we're not going to get into music chat yet, but the Dell's theme song is fantastic. Um, so what, what blows is why does it? Why can't they make a decent James Bond game? But like, and just the whole rest of the game, you take out the stupid ass quick time event boss battles, mm -hmm. and it's just generic Call of Duty. It's generic Call of Duty. That's all it fucking is. And it's well, like, if I want to play a Call of Duty game, I'm going to fucking buy Black Ops in like three weeks. I guess it's not like, their fault that the first-person shooter market is so oversaturated but like, right now. The thing about like Goldeneye was like you had you had the gadgets. Like They tried to incorporate the gadgets here, and not very well. Yeah, they did like, it perfectly on the fucking N64 game. Yeah, like, and it's like it's, it's not about like being a spy. It's like, it's like, I have a fucking gun, I'm gonna shoot everybody, cause I'm fucking James Bond. And like, there's this fucking sequence in the gold, in one of the Goldfinger missions where you're assaulting Fort Knox. So like, when you're going into Fort Knox, they have these like, barriers that come up. That's like, you know, up to your stomach. And you can't fucking jump over them. Okay, there's other points in the game later on that you can jump over barriers of the same size, but these ones, you have to wait for air support to come and blow one up before you can fucking get past you have to it. Wait for air and it makes no goddamn sense because and it pisses me off because the fucking enemies jump over after you. Bring it down. He's so mad about this. I've never seen Trevor get this worked up about anything. This is great. But I, I get it. It bums me out because I've been playing those you know, James Bond games. And it just pisses me off that they haven't been able to get one right, you know, since the PS2. Like, 
I was hoping for a diamond in the rough, but all I got was coal. So, that's... damn. Well, you know, they there might... was a dissenting opinion on been... that one. <laughs> <laughs> that game company might have Eurocom might have been a little under pressure. That's how you get that. Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? That's what happens. They weren't under pressure enough. Obviously, under they should have just yeah, that. Not, but you know, it like could, I get it. It could it's, be the case. It's I... probably not really their fault. It's probably more the pressure from Activision and from. From you know MGM to get this game done in time because well, MGM to just time got, it with the bond. MGM just and, got the license back to to do this because they yeah. lost the they didn't think a twenty third bond movie was gonna get made be, because I what was it the not the Fleming estate but the the producer um, Alfred Broccoli was that his name yeah it wasn't his last yes, name Alfred yeah. E Broccoli yeah he they I think I believe I read something about he they that company lost the rights to the Bond film when he passed I think he passed a couple years ago I could be making this up now but I know actually, MGM lost actually, the rights actually his to name it. was in the opening credits for the game yeah oh, oh really so, yeah it was Alfred E Broccoli's 007 Legends see I'm but shouldn't it be that. Ian Fleming's 007 you Legends would think. You would think, but you know, was if it, I was Ian Fleming, I wouldn't Gold, want my name on Gold it either. Goldeneye was so. the first Bond movie to go that didn't have a book to go with it. I think is the is the, I don't the way know, it that's goes. true. I think there's only a couple that actually had the book. Let me check that up because I'm almost positive. Also, it was one of the first movies to feature Femke Jensen being super. Oh, Femke Jensen killing people with her thighs. We've we've <laughs> talked at length about the Goldeneye film. It's so goddamn good, and it it holds up because it made Bond cool again. Because Dalton really did everything in his power to fucking ruin that franchise, and then Brosnan gave us one good movie and two subpar movies and one fucking abortion. Like and Daniel Craig just does perfect movies. Oh, Daniel yeah. Craig just murders people, just does what a spy should do. Daniel Craig is the closest to Connery, I think. You know, as far yeah. as just it's not quippy as well. You know, he's not doing the one-liners as much. But God damn it, can he pull off? You, know, Daniel Craig is an intellectual action hero. Like that's yeah. you know, it, it's cool seeing him. Him, you know, I don't want to see. I guess this goes, you know, I'm going to go a little ADD. I don't want to see action heroes like we had in the 80s. I want to see action. I like the action heroes now, you know. Mm. Craig and, and Liam Neeson. It's not about brute strength or, you know, I must break you. Like, it's yeah, it's just yeah. a... I must break you. It's, it, you know, as much as I love Dolph Lundgren, don't get me wrong. In, in the thing... <laughs> that would have been a controversial opinion. Yeah. Like, you know. leave Dolph Gr- Lundgren alone. He was the most harmless of all those 80s action like, stars. I, I think you're like the only person that likes Dolph Lundgren. Just just saying. No one loves Dolph Lundgren more than <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Um, but the, the the problem... Even, even, okay, even guys like Statham, who are like brute action stars. A, he has a sense of humor about himself or he would have never done the fucking Guy Ritchie pictures. Like, <laughs> Nor would he have done fucking Crank. Cause he, because Crank he, was fucking great. He played that role I so... I mean, that, that movie is like totally popcorn. And, and like, he played that role so serious great. and he knew how, how fucking weird it was. Yeah. Statham is, is one of those... Uh, he's intellectual. Like, the Transporter movies are fucking action flicks, but good movies. Mm-hmm. You like the Transporter flicks, right? I, yeah. I only saw one and two, though. I didn't see three. I didn't. You know, I don't think you need to see three per se. But I, there's, I, I like the the current the current batch of of action heroes. I I like how they're making Javier Bardem like an act an action kind of guy too. Speaking of, he's playing the villain in Skyfall. Yeah. I just don't want to see like the 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 muscle bound like meathead eighty eighties you know action heroes now. That yes. say those for the villains of today, like. <laughs> There's no place for him anymore. That's why I saw... Okay, 
I went to see Sinister the other night and saw a trailer for that new fucking awful piece of shit Schwarzenegger flick that's coming out. How is Sinister? Old. Okay, I'll get into that. We'll finish that because that was part of my thing. I, A, I I couldn't even take, okay, pre-governorship of California, I couldn't even take him seriously when he did fucking Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Like, how, how post-80s could anyone, post-Jingle All the Way, could anybody have taken fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger seriously at all? At all. At all. Like, I, I can't. He existed in a realm where him and Stallone were in most movies. I like how you said post-Jingle All the Way there. <laughs> because in the, a post-Jingle World, oh, guys. Oh, the world has never been the same since Jingle All the oh, Way was you know. released. <laughs> I mean, I what I really want is I want Sinbad back in more movies. That's what <laughs> I really want. So, Sailor or like the comedian? The comedian, obviously. Because aren't they making a new Sinbad it, movie? Sailor, Sinbad, Sailor. Movie? They did. A, they did another CGI movie. But we need more it. Sinbad. With Tyler Perry. And then I realized this the other day when I was thinking of Surf Ninjas. We need more Tone Loke in movies. Yeah. Just saying. Tone, Just yeah. saying. Tone Loke was an actor in the 90s. Ace Ventura, you're talking out your butt right now. (laughs) Tone Loke, wow. Did you get a Soma while we were like... That's how Tone Loke sounds. (laughs) I don't know about this Ace. Wild thing, funky, cold, Medina. Oh, oh, oh. Are you All talking about? You, you are that. that you are that. <laughs> the guy from South Park. No, not just that. Oh, you're the dude from you. You don't always die from tobacco commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! That's so unnerving. You know. But I, I'm so looking. I'm so looking forward to to Skyfall <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to to wrap up James Bond chat. You know how yeah, I feel about the Bond sure. franchise. Although you know I'm very uneducated in the Bond, like the older Bond films. Like yeah, I, I, I haven't I, seen a lot of them. I feel like I want to get the box set so I can go back and mm-hmm. watch. I mean, I've seen, I've seen you know the the, the seminal Connery flicks, Doctor No and, and Goldfinger and whatnot. But I feel like there's a whole realm of Bond I've missed out on that I, I'd like to get into. Um, well, so. You're all pretty much in the middle of any October. Oh, you're completely in the middle of any October. Yeah, absolutely in the middle. And that's the game you're playing today. Uh, I know Indie you October. watched. I know you watched a movie we previously talked about, which is Bachelorette. Yes. Which I loved. So I, I know you said you Bachelorette liked it too. is the only time I've ever been sexually attracted to Kirsten Dunst. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The only time she's ever. fucking she's annoying okay. as you shit said, most times. You said this. In that movie, she's actually good. On the other podcast, it, the only the last time I liked Kirsten Dunst was bringing on. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, on. I'll give you Bring It On. That actually is a surprisingly really good movie. I've seen it way too many fucking yeah, times. I, I have no problem with Bring It On. Um, I, but I think the the, the, the part that made me like her the most was uh, James James uh, Marsden holding her against the wall and calling her a cunt. Like, yeah. that's that's the... Wow, railing the ever-loving that shit out of her. That was Bring It On? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, that was Jesse Bradford. Jesse oh, Bradford. Nice. Right. Just deleted scenes. Nice. She was cheering in the next Clock stoppers. You're a cunt. It was the unrated edition. <laughs> Can we... Speaking of Jesse Bradford... Spider Duck Network, the cunt network this week, is on two podcasts. We have dropped the C-bomb. Speaking, speaking of you know, uh, Jesse Bradford... This one was actually referential, though. At least, <laughs> you know. Can we discuss how good Swim Fan is and how underrated that movie is? Who's the chick in that? Uh, Erica... Erica Christensen. Badu. Yeah. Yes. Erica Badu. Eric She's Christensen. on Parenthood, which has been pretty good this year, I will say. Is she related to Hayden Christensen? I don't know. I, I think I think they're related. Is she the worst actor in the Christians? world. Yeah. <laughs> Shitty acting and, and I ruining the sequel. No, what are you saying? Isn't what? 
Um, I don't remember, nor do I care. Yeah, it's a super underrated movie. I think that flew under the radar. Like that should fall in with like the you know single white female or like all those like creepy creepy flicks. Like that takes such a that takes such a dramatic turn halfway through. Plus, Jesse Bradford is a real. I'm, I'm glad he's doing stuff again because he disappeared off the scene for a while and. Well, now he's on Guys with Kids. Which which brings me into TV shows that we're looking forward to. American Horror Story comes back tomorrow. Yes! Thank God! I am fu- I'm fully caught up on Revenge. Okay. I watched this past episode. I started watching Arrow, which I fucking love. Arrow! Have you really watched good. it yet? No. There's, Arrow's it's, really good. It's basically Revenge with a dude. Like, okay. It's, there's such a conspiracy going on in it that you watch the first episode. The first ten minutes are enough to get you... Quit with the jerk-off motion, Taylor. The first ten minutes are enough to get you hooked, but the whole show itself and the the main dude—I'm not sure who plays—who plays, who plays um, uh, God, Queen Oliver Queen, but it's he's he's really good. But the the story with his mother is fucking awesome. This show, for being a CW joint, makes me really happy. I'm glad that, that this this show really caught my attention. And absolutely, do not under any circumstances watch Beauty and the Beast. Oh, we call that yeah. shit. Did you watch that trailer? The Beauty and yes, the Beast. Yes, I saw the trailer and it did not make me even want to check the out the show. Trailer. Oh yeah, looked, I totally didn't check out the show. It's Beauty and the Beast for the Twilight Generation. It, yeah, it looks it looked but it was shot the trailer was shot like an old interstitial for Unsolved Mysteries. It looked just like I was waiting uh, for, for Robert yeah. for Robert Stack's voiceover, which, you know, God rest his soul because <laughs> I love I love Unsolved Mysteries. And then tragedy struck. <laughs> Listen, I fucking love Ansel. Gangnam and they, Style. And they, you were on Gangnam Style. I was Style. I can't wait for that fucking thing to die a horrible, fiery goddamn well, death. this week's Ansel well, Mystery. <laughs> hey, sexy lady. I have been fortunate Open enough Gangnam to style. not hear I was at that any wedding. of Gangnam Style. I was at that wedding. Well, we'll Gangnam Style? Gangnam. Gangnam. Gundam Wing? Gundam. You were saying Gundam, yeah. Um... So Gundam Style would be much better than Gundam Style. <laughs> he just transformed into a robot halfway through. I, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that to disappear whoop, on the face of the whoop, fucking world. Whoop, whoop, um, whoop. I really do love Unsolved Mysteries. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, when I was in my teens, early teens, this is gonna sound so gay, but we've discussed it on the last podcast. Lifetime Network in the afternoon would show like an hour block I remember of that. Unsolved Mysteries, and yeah. I always, so I that. always fucking watched it. But they're also their morning program. Taylor loved it because the Golden Girls was on. I love the Golden yeah. Girls. You know, I like the Golden Girls too. But after Thank that, thank you for being a friend. Ian. After that, the nanny and I really love Fran Drescher. I've seen every episode of the nanny. I I don't care. <laughs> fucking Fran Drescher would be so much better if she didn't talk. I Just love saying. her voice. But then again, my She's pension good at UHF. For, my pension for dating awful women. Maybe that's why. Except my current girlfriend. She's pretty great. Pretty great. We all Fuck agree. You. Sarah's fantastic. I would agree with that. She is the best. But my previous choices of of I've taken lovers in the past. And that, now that sounds hostage. gay. The word yes. hostage okay. left out of that. That sounded gay. I've taken lovers in the mouth. Taken lovers. But um, so whether so, they wanted it or not, I, th- I think we called it right when we said Arrow was probably the one we were most excited about out of all the shows we watched that weren't returning shows. Oh, Once Upon a Time this week was fucking fantastic. I haven't it, seen. I haven't, haven't seen it yet. Okay, just know Black Lancelot makes an appearance. I um, I knew that was coming. and I uh made a black exploitation film, a lost one called Black Lancelot. The theme song is very similar to Shaft. 
It was Black Lancelot. I'm not going to do it on here. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I think he should. It was along the lines of... Black Lancelot. That was basically it. It was... It was, And then Sarah was singing back up. That's why I love her so much. But the Black Lancelot storyline does pay off. You were the worst. Trevor, Trevor, you can no longer say. Do you understand how mad that fucking man? It's. I. I think. I think you're Ralph's good friend John called right. It's Macarena for the fucking twenty first century. Like, it. I just don't get it. I don't. I don't get get that sweet trim. Like I don't get it. I don't get why that's popular. I don't get why that song's popular. Uh, but this is a world where Kesha is still a thing. Dude, she had sex with a ghost. Did you hear this? I mean, I do that someone's too. gotta I have sleep, sex with her, right? I sleep on my arm, and it's kind of the same I mean, thing. That's that's one way. She's that's one way that she, that she had, can't spread the disease. She's claiming that she had sex with a ghost, and she wrote her new song about it. Which actually, I thought Kesha was gone. I thought that was a like out of our national nightmare. I'm not gonna lie, I still love TikTok. I'm not gonna pretend. Uh, but that was like her first song, and I kind of dug I it. I don't stop. Yeah. I want Leave. Out. Yeah, but then again, I lo- I love Katy Perry. I like your bear. I love Katy Perry. Oh, yeah. Can we all agree, Katy Perry? Her titties, but none of her music. Uh, Teenage Dream's not a bad I definitely record. agree with Ralph on that aspect right there. I kind of like Teenage Dream. Yeah, everything's catchy. It doesn't make it good. E.T. was better before Kanye West got involved with it. Yeah. Alien sex. Yeah, and I love Kanye West. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think he's released perfect records. But he... Oh... Graduation, college dropout. I don't think either of those are perfect. There's songs that like no, them. No, no, college dropout is is damn near perfect record. Is is damn near per- is a damn near perfect record. I I will not fight. I will fight you on this. And when Taylor comes back up, if he does, he will he will argue Kanye West till the fucking day is over. Like I, I think he. I like 808s and heartbreaks a lot. Almost. Oh, okay. Record. That explains Almost that explains record. why you're wrong because that's his least. Best record. Least best record. I can't talk today. Anyway, if we're going to blame anybody for the ADD chat today, it's this dude. I'm blaming him for this. Because I was trying to go on, on, on a TV rant. On, on, on topic. Um, so, so before I get into to seeing Sinister, I do want to give a small review about, about that movie. Um, or as I like to call it, Ethan Hawke reacts to stuff by using his glasses. Um, I really loved, like I said, I loved Arrow. Once Upon a Time was great this week. Uh, Revenge, which f- continues to be fucking fantastic. Um, I'm interested to see where Arrow's going to go. And I'm also interested to finally see the second goddamn season of American Horror Story. Um, okay, so so moving on to, to movies. I went and saw Sinister the other night. And I've been looking forward to Sinister uh, for a while now. So I started seeing trailers for it. I, I was a little leery. Because it was it was by the people involved with Insidious, and I really didn't like Insidious that much. I know a lot of people seemed to jam on that movie, think it was great. I didn't think it was nearly as scary as everyone said it was. I I I got it. Like it wasn't fantastic. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Honest, I, I don't really like a lot of modern horror. It's just, There's good just stuff. Kinda... I think the Vicious Brothers did a fantastic job with Grave Encounters. I think VHS was really good, but the best horror is being done by a lot of the indie guys yeah. right now. The mainstream. Because no one wants to take a chance on original. Maybe that's what I should say, mainstream horror. Yeah. Even though I don't watch a lot of horror in now, general. But... Now, Sin- 
grant you, my opinion is probably a little skewed because I really do love the Paranormal Activity franchise and I love the Saw franchise. They weren't, they're not perfect movies and they were riddled with fucking plot holes out the ass, but I love the. So they have more plot holes than a graveyard? God damn it. Yes. Yes, Trevor. I'm just going to agree with what you say now. So, you know what? If you make a bad pun, it's all fun and games. But yeah. when I make a bad it's pun... It's all pun and it's games. N- it's, n- it's all pun and games. I win this. I run this shit. So, so Sinister was pretty cool. At first, just to see Ethan Hawke do something, because it's been a while since I've seen Ethan Hawke in a movie. Although, I feel like, and I, I stated this the other day, I don't think this generation appreciates reality bites at all. Never seen it. Oh, my God. It's hard for the current generation, I think, to identify with it. It's like the beginning of like the Seattle sound, the like the grunge movement. Yeah, but the the, t- the teenage scene. apathy, like they, you figure that should be that and high fidelity should be handed to to late teens. Like oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that high fidelity, high fidelity no. one of my like, favorite okay book high slash high, high fidelity and say anything should be handed to and say watch high fidelity or watch say anything first because Lloyd Dobler. It's continued in high fidelity. That's true. I, my theory is that Rob Gordon and grant you, it's it, you know, it's not the same as the the Nick Hornby book itself, you know, because that was all Britishy and whatnot. Um, although I don't know, when I was younger and watched High Fidelity, I completely missed the abortion subplot. Oh yeah. I, I it, it wasn't until like two years ago that I watched it and I realized what um, uh, that was Joan Cusack, right? Was was his was his, his ex girlfriend's friend. That was his sister. Yeah. Played, yeah. That she was on his side at first. Like, I didn't I didn't read into the abortion subplot until I read the book. And then I was like, they didn't put this in the movie. And then I watched the movie. And they sure as fuck, they put it in the movie. Um, some of that Lisa Bonet action. Does she just always look like a voodoo priestess? Like, Pretty I, much. Yeah. I didn't find her sexually attractive in that movie at all. So, so. speaking of Lisa Bonet real quick, I just want to say that Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz made a really attractive daughter because she was in an indie flick called Beware the Gonzo that I watched, and she's super attractive. Is that one just Gonzo from the Muppets just fucking bitches with his nose? No, it's a it's a high school comedy about you know a teenager making a rebellious school newspaper. Speaking of of, of it was good though weird teenage comedies. Ralph's been trying to get me to watch or not comedy I guess, but Ralph's been trying to get me to watch Brick for the last two years because of my love for Joseph Gordon Levitt, and I still haven't watched it yet. You know, I bought that movie on a whim and I still haven't watched it. I love Brick and you need to watch it like this week. It's it's fantastic. Well, if I it is a it is a detective noir film in a high school set in like a mid two thousand high school. And if I don't watch Empire Records soon, Danny's gonna beat the shit out of me. Uh, Danny should, and I will help her. Empire Records. Empire Records amazing. is good. I feel like I should. That movie sounds like it's directly up my alley. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's totally it's a like, movie about music. It's like, all about music, starring you, the greatest you know, independent actors. Do you in the know 90s. what I think? One of the best teen, the best teen comedy. It, Grant you, the first American Pie is damn near flawless. It's it's a fucking fantastic movie. I think Can't Hardly Wait was better. Can't Hardly Wait should be given to kids in high school because that might be one of the best. Okay, what did you say Can't Hardly Wait was better than? The first American Pie, or at least the later American Pie movies. It is a toss-up. I I love them, um, um, like, the first two. American, American Pie was... What I was back to back, I love them. What was I going to say? American was Reunion say? wasn't bad. I actually like American Reunion. Yeah, I hate oh, American yeah. Wedding, and I don't okay, like the direct that, DVD. That's ones. what I wanted. To, that's what I wanted to fucking say to you was that was that you said that a lot of kids wouldn't identify with Reality Bites now. But in that same respect, wouldn't a lot of kids not be able to identify with the Breakfast Club now? 
Well, yeah, I guess. Because I think Reality Bites is kind of the Breakfast Club of the 90s. It is, but it, here, here's my thing. Reality Bites has a lot of set pieces and places that can feel like uh, very dated. Breakfast Club is set is in called, one room. Ralph, it's called Flannel. It's called Flannel. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, called collective, ben it's called Collective Soul. It was it's such called as Young Ben, ben Stiller wrote that fucking movie yeah. and directed that movie. Yeah. It's it's set and Winona in, Ryder Breakfast is Club amazing. is set in one room amongst character types that are prevalent in everybody's lives. Having said that, let me just say, as far as it's not to me on the what I've been consuming, but the um, Perks of Being a Wallflower film is the best adaptation to movie adaptation I've ever seen because they kept it in the time frame of the book. Did you cry? Which is kind of... Yes, I did cry. Did Taylor uh, go with you? No, but Taylor has to see Where's it. I'm forcing him. Uh, Robinson has it now. Waterfront, Squirrel Hill, and Robinson. You know I never finished it. the book? I, crazy. I've never finished the book. I'm very crazy. tempted to just take a trip up to Robinson and just go see it. It's a... It's, please do. How is Emma Watson? Stephen Chbotsky. Emma Watson is... Proves... Bob Hoskins? Yeah, Bob Hoskins <laughs> and Emma Watson proves that she can carry a film Without. beyond having a character that a lot of people know. Like, a lot of people would have been fine in the her Hermione role. She made it her own. She was perfect for that part. But you wonder about all of those actors, what they'll do well, after Well, you this. think... I always well, kind of knew Daniel... That brings me back to Beware the Gonzo. He played Gonzo in that Ezra Miller... Who's in Perks of Being a Wallflower? Ezra Miller is one of the best. I want to see him. And he in was more really things. good in that movie. I want to see him is, in more is he things. The, the main kid? No, Ezra Miller is the gay one, right? Oh, okay, I'm not sure in Perks. His friend. But... Is he going I'm to? Find is he going to be the? Is he going to be the new Jesse Eisenberg, He's... Michael Sarah? Is he going to be? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that is his gay friend. He is so phenomenal. Okay. If you didn't finish the book and you didn't I know read the what book, period, you know about his aunt, but don't say anything. Yeah, I'm not saying shit. Okay. Um, they let the author of the book write the screenplay, which was the first correct thing. Which Hollywood was the same guy that did Jericho. Chbosky, yes. You knew um, that, right? Stephen Chbosky. Stephen Chbosky, who did Perks Being Wall, who wrote Perks Being a Wallflower, he wrote Jericho. He was one of the creators oh, really? of yeah. Jericho. He... Got to write the screenplay. Rarely does Hollywood ever no. let the person who no, wrote the book have a crack at they it. They barely let so, J.K. Rowling involved in the making of Harry Potter Nothing is changed. If you like the book, they didn't change anything. Everything Chbosky thought was necessary for the book is necessary in the film. The, How did that get clear? The reveal at the end of why the main kid is so troubled, no spoilers or anything, is perfect. They don't go into too much detail, but they don't place... They, they don't play dumb with their audience, which Good. is my favorite thing about the film. They never, they let you assume things and let you discover from context clues without showing you a scene where the biggest reveal in the book is actually shown on screen. I was worried about that because there's a lot of ways that it could have been played because Rose Byrne plays the ant. Love Rose Byrne. And that's a key thing in the book. Um, but so the wait, kid who plays the main guy. Does Emma Watson have her British accent? No. And no, does Rose flawless does, American does Rose Byrne have her British accent? No, a flawless so American accent. So two British actors yes. were forced to do Ezra, Ezra Miller steals every scene he's nice. in. Um, even the parents, Dylan McDermott and um, Dylan. Kate Speaking Walsh, of... hey, parents, yeah. are very good. I even in the small way too excited for time. Kate Walsh. And Joan Cusack as the doctor at the hospital at the end. She's listed in the main credits. You're like, where? Where's Joan Cusack showing up? She's in it for five minutes. She's fantastic. 
It is such a good story from start to finish. It will make you cry in several parts, but the way it's told is it is going to be, if it is not a theater hit, it is going to be a, a cult hit amongst people my age, your age, and future generations. Book. It's going to become, even if you didn't read the book, it's going to become a cult classic because it has so many things. It's timeless. The book is set in the late 80s, early 90s. There's a lot, lot of chess. Yeah, I was going to references say, are they the book. any in the movie? Yes. Oh. The Smiths are everywhere in the movie. Oh, God, There yes. are posters around. Oh, God, yes. But if you, we live, we live just outside of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Everything in this movie is Pittsburgh. They eat at Kings. They go through the tunnel like five times. Every even in the trailer is over over one of the bridges. They go through the Liberty Tunnel. They go up to the West End in that area that overlooks the skyline. They go up on Mount Washington. Everything that was shot in Pittsburgh did it take place? In- they talk about Ides in the movie. Oh, yeah, they talk God. about Ides, the record and comic store. That's they, pretty awesome. Everything is Pittsburgh. Lines. Like they, they, in the movie, it's set in Pittsburgh and they shot everything in Pittsburgh. Wow. It is so, that's the thing. If you live around that area, it's so good because you get this, like this feeling of like recognition. Like you're like, I've been there. I've done that. I've gone to this place. Uh, it is so amazing and timeless because like I said, there's a lot of Smith's references. There's a lot of kids today that know Morrissey and the Smith's and Rocky Horror Picture Show. And all of those references, while the style could be consistent with the with a nineties, they never and I, I honestly you watch through the film, they never let anybody dress in a way that would give away what era it's happening in. It could happen today. Everything in there could be kids today well, that just know about older There's music. a there's a book that I read two two, three years ago. I think it was oh nine, so three years ago, called mm-hmm. Pop Pop Salvation. You had it for a while. You never. I don't think you ever read it. I, I let Sarah borrow, but it's not getting any use right now, and it bums me out. It, to me, it was my perks of being a wallflower because it had a, a lot. It was a coming of age story, but a lot of um. You mentioned Rocky Horror. That's why. Yeah. Because that was a big part in this. And it's this kid growing up, and he 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 lives in, in a in a big city, and he realizes at a very young age he has an affinity for loving Andy Warhol, and then he realizes he okay. loves things that are flamboyant. And he's not so much flamboyant, but he makes these two friends. One's a guy, one's a girl, who are his his best friends. And they, they discover – it's about him discovering his place in the world when he discovers Andy Warhol. And then a little bit older, he discovers Rocky Horror Midnight Showings. And he and he falls in love with that culture, and he he realizes he's gay. It's actually a lot – it's kind of Perks Being a Wallflower meets um, Running With Scissors. Okay. And it's, it's fantastically written. Lance uh, – Lance Renald, I think, is this guy's name. It's one of it, it is. It's my favorite book. It, it honestly, it, it broke my heart. I cried. I rarely have cried in reading reading books, you know. Okay. And this destroyed my heart because there's this one. Without giving too much, there's a scene where he, where the part in the book where he's he's on a rooftop. It's New Year's Day, and he he found out some some really troubling news earlier in. There and he really he knows he's gay, but he's on the rooftop, and and it takes place in the the late eighties, early nineties, and there's this part where they're on the roof, and his friend, I think his name is Peter, comes up on the roof with him, and and they're listening to um, they're listening to U 2s New Year's Day, and they're talking about like like music, and they're just talking about this, and 
And without warning the audience, the, this dude Pete, without warning, just grabs him and, and kisses him. And it's just like it, – it's the only part of hope in this really bleak moment in this book. Yeah. And it just breaks your fucking heart. Like it's such a good goddamn – I'll have to let you borrow it again because I know – I think it would it would destroy you. Like it's so fucking good and it was my perks of being a wallflower. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people know this book and I'm being a hipster about it. But it – it honestly, Pop Salvation. If 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 anybody listening gets a, a chance to read that 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 book, that book changed me a lot. That was when I first decided to actually come out. That book was a, a big part of of me of me finally kind of starting to tell people and, and whatnot. Well, that and kind of being forced to because of family issues. But but that I want to see Perks being Wallflower. I, I really Taylor owns it. I think I'm gonna I want to read it. I know it's a really short. It's a short book in general. Yeah, Actually, it, it isn't a real big book. I started reading it my my sophomore year of high school, and I liked the Smiths, but it made me actually explore the Smiths a lot more. I know he talks at length about um, either asleep or last night I dreamt somebody loved me. I, I I know he talks at length about about that. It was on like a, it was on the the mix CD that her his sister's boyfriend made for her. Okay, but then uh, I didn't get that far in the book. I, I need to go back and read it. But but that and that and, and Pop Salvation are the two. Hi. I know. I saw that too. High High Fidelity was a big one for me, but I think um, it's kind of not as interesting of a book. But Long Way Down by Nick Hornby got me uh, pretty well. I know that one doesn't. Did you read Juliet Naked? I started. I didn't get to finish it. I, I don't understand that because you, you would love Juliet I, Naked. I'm ha- I'm in this thing right now where when I was at JCC and when I was when I was in high school even, even later, I had a lot of time in classes where I wasn't doing anything besides reading post college I haven't been able to pick up a book and like really get engrossed in it and it bums me out because I really do love reading a lot I just haven't found a book that got me really excited I'll restart Juliet Naked after I do Perks Being a Wallflower but you have to promise me to read Pop Salvation I will because it's it's heartbreaking um but uh uh, Long Way Down and, and um I didn't like Slam Hornby's hit or miss for me with with his books, and I, I wish that wasn't the case because I really want to like Nick Hornby. I like the stuff he did with Ben Folds. Um, but uh, Ned, that brings me to uh, Ned 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 Vizzini. Is that his name? Ned Ned Vizzini. Vizzini. Be more chill. He, be more chill. But he did great was, book. But he also did. It's kind of a funny Not story, a funny right? Story. It's kind of a funny story. Grant you that. I, I didn't really dig the movie adaptation. I, I didn't think it was terrible, but it, it wasn't an abortion by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't fantastic. That book did so much for Teenage Ian. Like, that book, when I was 17, I, I read that, and it it explained a lot of the, sh- a lot of like the, 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 the really, not suicidal thoughts, but a lot of the depression I was feeling. It, it made me feel a lot better about myself. And that, that book... I don't know when this became literature cast. I'm not, not exactly <laughs> sure, but that that book. It's a refreshing change of pace. It is. It you is literate assholes. I and uh, one of the person persons who reads a lot just isn't here. Which, Taylor, you know. Oh my god, Taylor. Well, he'd go off on a fucking Kurt Vonnegut tear, and then I'd I'd mention something about Oscar Wilde to him, and he'd call me a fucking hipster, and that's how that conversation would play out. I, uh, for the record, I like Oscar Wilde. Taylor just thinks it's it's trite bullshit. <laughs> Although I'm shocked, Taylor, with the, how much Ray or uh, Kurt Vonnegut he's reading, I'm shocked he hasn't ventured into Ray Bradbury territory. I don't know. Vonnegut's very self-referential and is very meta. Yeah, I don't know that Bradbury's very. Bradbury's kind of meta with like with later stuff. I, I guess I'm. Yeah. I, 
I never. They actually did a very shitty movie adaptation of his uh, short story, Call of Thunder, Sound of Thunder, Sound of Thunder. Came out in 05. I own it. I bought it on a whim. I, I like the trailers for it. Basically, it's it's what would happen. It's set in the future. Time travel is possible, and you can go on dinosaur walks. And obviously, someone steps on a on a butterfly, and it causes the you know butterfly effect. You know, real heavy shit. And uh, it brings, like, these evolved dinosaurs into the future. It's real lame. But apparently the book's really good. I I just, I, I like some Bradbury. I mean, I think Taylor's read Fahrenheit as far as Bradbury stuff. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of necessary reading. But then he discovered Kafka, and that changed his world, apparently. I don't really get into the whole... Metamorphosis? I don't really dig on the whole, you know, Nietzsche, God is dead kind of shit. I don't need to be that more depressed in my life. <laughs> no, I just like watching shows where Emily Thorne kicks ass. That's what I want to do in my life. Oh, Emily Thorne. Emily Van Camp. Gorgeous. In fact, it's really funny that she is Amanda Clark when the girl, who, both girls who play Amanda Clark, the little girl and the main girl, both named Emily. Really? Weird, right? She's Amanda Clark as Emily Thorne. Well, she's Emily Thorne as Amanda Clark, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and they need to clear this fucking storyline up with the real Amanda Clark because I'm getting real bummed out by this shit. She's a lot to take. I don't like that. I don't like the yeah, Trevor hasn't seen all of it. But you know that real Amanda Clark comes back. You've met her, right? Not real Amanda Clark, real Emily. Real Emily Thorne. You've seen... You uh, remember yeah, CCH, yeah, yeah, CCH yeah. Pounder was oh, the... Yeah, of course I remember CCH Pounder, Pounder because I was like, shit, CCH Pounder from yeah. the Shields in this? <laughs> I did that too and Sarah looked at me like I was fucking retarded. She goes, who's CCH Pounder? I said... Which, it. speaking of the Shield real quick, so on last week's Sons of Anarchy, Walton Goggins, yeah. who played Shane, played a... Uh, transvestite prostitute. Right? And he oh. was totally in drag. And he's in Django Unchained. Nice, Walton Goggins! Have you seen the trailer for Django Unchained? Yes, oh yeah. How good is Le- Leonardo DiCaprio? Just in the trailers. Just oh, in the trailers. I love Leonardo DiCaprio as a bad guy slave owner. That's so... Who's... I can't believe he accepted the role. That's fantastic. Also, also, the Great Gatsby trailer has piqued my interest. I never thought I'd say that about the Great Gatsby trailer, but uh, the, the it looks fantastic. If you haven't seen it the yet... The trailer looks fantastic, but I will reserve judgment for what is probably or, a very long and boring Or movie. why it's in 3D. Yeah, why would it be in 3D? <laughs> it's in it? 3D. I'm almost positive Great Gatsby 3D. Check that shit. I could be making that up. Checking it right now. Google that fucking you shit. You don't take F. Scott Fitzgerald and make a 3D event out of it. So, um, that brought me into... We were talking TV... Oh, fuck me. We were talking, not Django and Ch- Walton Goggins, The Shield, I'm back. Tra- oh, Walking Dead. Yeah, it's in 3D. Walking Dead. It's been post postponed to 2013, though. It was coming out Christmas this year. Fuck. What um, the fuck? Right? That's, you know what? I understand 3D adds a lot of money, and 3D makes more sense for the, the children's fucking, movies. Like, right, for the children's movies. Like Hugo Or and even, whatnot. like, the action movies. Like, yeah. I can even understand but it more. But the Great Gatsby. But, like, the fucking Great Gatsby? Do we really need to charge you, like, three extra when bucks in my mall, to see the fucking years. Great Gatsby? Oh, shit! <laughs> They're coming 3D. at me! Like, <laughs> I, um, what I, what I was And I wouldn't s- doubt if it was postponed just so they can... Add the three D. But it's, it's, uh, no, it's been it's been three D this whole time. 
Well, that's bullshit. But what I do love in the trailer, speaking of Kanye West from earlier, they use that Kanye West song from, I think it's from Watch either Watch the Throne or My Dark Twisted Fantasy that's been in a bunch of trailers recently. And it looks so cool how they juxtapose 19 Roaring Twenties with, like, a Kanye West track over yeah. top of it. Because that kind of makes sense. Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann. And Baz, Baz Luhrmann is responsible for... Moulin Rouge. Romeo Plus Juliet. Romeo Plus Juliet, which took modern music and put it And in they referred settings. to Guns of Swords. I like Romeo Plus Juliet. I think it's fantastic. DiCaprio, right? Yeah. Paul Rudd was Count Paris. Yeah. When they Tommy were trying to, to make him a... a se- yeah. Mercutio? Yeah, didn't he meet an untimely end in that movie? Well, yeah, Romeo has to kill Mercutio. That's, that's so, right. Yeah. I'm not familiar with most Shakespeare. <laughs> I, um, I, what I was, Same here. What I was going to say was, though, um, uh, did we watch the season three opener of Walking Dead? I did. I have not yet. You haven't? I okay. I... I haven't had time. Yeah, Watch I did, it. Yeah. I will not spoil anything. Just know, which is how you start out almost every fucking sentence. I know what happened. Okay, so you okay? You know, so we can talk about it. Well, okay. Well, so this might not this takes okay without spoiling much. This takes place how long after the end of last season? Oh, like a couple, like a month or two. They have become such a such a. There's that great scene at the end of season three where Rick is says this is no longer a democracy; it's a cheerocracy. Um, oh, sorry, that was bringing on. That was bringing um, on. He says this is no longer a democracy, and that if they want to survive, they have to listen to him. So it opens up with almost 15 minutes of no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It is them, and it's fucking brilliant. Anyone who said, which I love season two, don't get me wrong. I think you needed that slow pace for season two. The second half of season two wasn't that slow, by the way. I it think if, no. if you watch it back on DVD, it doesn't feel that slow. It's no. maybe week to week. Yeah. It's like slow. it's like the, the, the later seasons of, of The Sopranos. Not much is going on week to week, but when you watch it back to back, it, it's a cohesive storyline. Season two, when you don't have the gap between months between you know when they got to Sophia, which is fucking heartbreaking, even though you saw it coming... Watching Rick have to do what Rick has to do after Shane fucking bitches out. Grant you, Shane and Rick's banter was was lovely. Although it pissed me off that Lori ever blamed him for anything because she put the fucking gun. Well, here's how I felt about that. I wasn't as mad at Lori at the end of the season as a lot of people were. So I felt like she was blaming herself and she took the anger out on Rick. Because she knows that she had that conversation with Shane, that she was like, you know, things could be different, and I'm so sorry, and if Rick hadn't come back, and almost as soon as she got the news that her husband killed her lover, she instantly blamed herself, so that she got pissed at Rick, who was never supposed to be the kind of dude that just killed somebody, not realizing that these are different circumstances and he was trying to kill Rick. I think she was mad at herself and felt like she caused it. And lashed out on Rick, who she always viewed as like a rational, level-headed person. And just immediately, that was her initial reaction to, oh my god, you shot Shane twice in front of our son. No, he stabbed him. Well, yeah, Carl, yeah, yeah, Carl shot Carl him. Shot which, him. I like that twist in the in, in that, the, you know, that Carl is supposed to take out Shane in the in the comics. Oh, yes. And, uh, and he did what he was supposed to do. But what I, speaking of Carl, they... Oh, the the first fifteen minutes proved that Carl fucking become a Carl badass. is no Good. longer the stay in the house Carl. Thank God. Carl 
in the very first scene in the then show, people will stop clamoring for him to die. The first, no, he's become we'll a He's become a loyal soldier. We'll, we'll see. He's become a loyal soldier <laughs> to his father. He's, but he's starting on that trail of becoming kind of cold and heartless. They fashioned silencers out of fucking flashlights. Like, and the opening scene is them doing a clean sweep of the house, and they've got this this very three hundred esque. Like, they're Rick's in the middle, and they form circles around him. And the people who can fight Norman Reedus, and 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 um, they T Dog, they gave T Dog who had lines in this episode. Thank God. And they gave cancer chick stuff to do. Carol. Yeah. She she became about it, and they almost they didn't fully resolve the the storyline of whether her and um. I don't, Daryl, her and Daryl, you know, went to, to Pound Town. I know that she asked him if he wants to follow. She was like, she was like, she's like, oh, don't, because he he massages her shoulder, and she's like, oh, she's cut this romantic shit or something like that. She was like, are we gonna fool around or what? So I'm assuming they've taken they've it to Pound Town a few stuff, times. Yeah. So Carl, like, when they're doing, they're, they they the first scene is them getting into this house, and they're uh, they're they're looking for supplies, and they're doing a clean sweep, and they they walk in. Shane or Rick takes out. Um, takes out two walkers and then they they start uh, they start doing clean sweeps of the house and he goes he goes Carl check upstairs Carl walks upstairs the first door he opens there's a zombie in a bedroom without even blinking Carl raises that fucking gun and puts one through the center of its fucking yeah. skull nice. takes it out you know what happens at the end of the episode right yes I do the the level of calm in Rick's face when he does what he has to do with what he has to do it with and they graphically show the separation yeah. of, of church yes of, I'm so glad let's, say, let's call it the separation the of church and state yeah um, like this episode of The Walking Dead was probably the most gore filled one this that they've uh, ever had they killed so many walkers that Talking Dead when it's they do a the, response to everyone going none of zombies when they clear out they, they, they get into the prison Oh, yeah. And they clear out the yard. Rick does basically a suicide mission, yeah. and he locks the gate, uh, Mark Maron style, and uh, and then they get up on the guard towers and clean sweep the fucking yard so they can have a safe place to stay. That scene is basically they he gets he gets them in. He locks the door, and then he's he's on a, like a talkie. He's like light it up, and everyone comes out on guard towers and just starts fucking taking out zombies one by fucking one. And it's one of the coolest goddamn scenes of any show, outside of them doing the clean sweep of the underground of the prison. And when well, you see next what week comes around, what comes David Morrissey right? Mm-hmm. What next comes week we'll ar- the when what comes around the corner so comes around the corner in the bottom of the prison is one of the most terrifying scenes of that show. Yeah. Maggie is a badass this season. Good. Glenn, did you listen to her episode of Walk, or of um, Nerdist? Mm-mm. She, they just did an episode with um, oh, I can never remember her name for the life of me. I wasn't aware she was Australian. No, she's British. She's British or Australian. She, she has a real heavy accent. Uh, she just, I'll tell you what her name is in a second. Um, she did a recent episode of the Nerdist post uh the Liam Lynch episode, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, did you finish it? Nerdist is on a kick right now. Really good episodes. You listened to the Liam Lynch episode. Yeah, I did. Did you finish it out? I mean. Uh, I think I did. Oh. I got uh, caught up in the Pod F talk Lauren, this week. Lauren Cohan. That's her okay. name. Did you see who was yesterday's guest? No. Fucking Larry King. And it's wow. a fantastic interview. Larry King, out when he talks about his stories from the past and being friends with like Sinatra and whatnot, when he goes into his stories and the way he tells them, you listen to every goddamn word. The dude... 
not only does he does he but he doesn't hijack the interview at all but he does ask chris a few questions and like chris opened up more than i've ever seen heard him open up on the show he talks at length it was a an absolutely fantastic episode i never thought that larry king would be one of my favorite episodes of the nerdist nice. podcast outside of tom hanks tom hanks has tom arguably hanks one was really good i did listen to that are you are you getting caught up now one. A little bit. The Lauren Cohan episode was from last Friday, and that's the girl who plays Maggie on Walking Dead, and she's delightful. Like she's just so I'm just I just need a new hostful because I I I, I thrive on the Nerdist podcast. Oh, and there was no fucking um, Holy Babylon, or well, there was a small cast, but it really wasn't a small cast. There was no Fat Man on Batman this week, which sucked. Um, New my brother, my brother, me was fantastic. Are, have you are you consistent with sign out? No, I list like a couple and then I damn it. You, it, it gets so good. I I love them. The uh, arguably one of the best things you ever introduced me to is. I always have to listen to our podcast because I'm always afraid that I said something in like a blacked out haze that I I, <laughs> I know what no, people are I will say this. about. I is my at first I thought it was lame. Like if I was like I'm not going to listen to the podcast I was on, but you when when we all started doing this kind of as a three piece or a four piece. And granted, you you know you guys let me and you know Trevor and I go yeah. back and forth and whatnot with the with the witty repartee and, and whatnot. Um, it's been it's been nice because there's other viewpoints. You know, we're not droning on about the same stuff every week. So having you guys on has has been kind of helpful. And I listen to your podcast at work because a it's fucking hour long that I don't have to focus at work. Although I'm trying to figure out why when i'm on when i'm at work i listen to podcasts because something about the people's voices helps me work better but when i'm at home on the computer it's solely music i don't listen to a lot of music at work in my car well, i don't have the yeah. i don't have the ipod jack anymore which bones me out it got i had one my cord got ripped out too hard and yes. the internal wiring i did get my tire fixed however which is a plus Good, thank god um but no I, so back to what i was going to say after walking dead chat and, and podcast roundup um <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good podcasts right now. If I can impart one on both of you, Greg Proop, smartest man in the world. I I, I, I heard that. I shit. can I listen to that to man. I've been listening to a couple months now. I can listen to that man discuss anything because his opinions I pretty much align with everything he says. But he's such an impartial viewpoint on everything. I I love it. He the his just everything he talks about. He really is one of the smartest people I've ever I've ever heard. I can listen to anything that that man could we read a weather report and I would be I would be ecstatic by it. His voice is delightful. Um I have this theory that he's reincarnated Bill Hicks because he's very on that viewpoint everything he says is very so he very rarely says things I disagree with. It's I'm a big Bill Hicks fan and when you hear even Greg Proops talks sometimes. There's a lot of similarities between his viewpoint and what Bill Hicks was saying in the past. You know, a lot of positive drug talk. You know, Bill Hicks has that great bit about you. This this world really means nothing. You're just on a roller coaster. Just enjoy the ride. It's and but anytime someone has said enjoy the ride, whether it be Martin Luther King or Gandhi or uh, JFK or John Lennon, they're always the guys with the dreams are always the first ones taken out. Yeah, you know? exactly. And uh, and so it's hard to believe there's not a conspiracy behind. You know, Bill Hicks was heavy into the conspiracy stuff. Not as heavy as, say, like Rogan. I like Rogan. I like his podcast a lot. It's two hours of a lot of, of self-masturbation. It's pretty much, yeah. Uh, theorizing. But he does he does a lot of research. I yeah. would say, I will well, say he's, that. He's, he's but if he didn't have Brian Redband on to, to kind of lighten up what... 
his point, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't listen to it as much. I don't, I don't it's not in my usual repertoire of podcasts, but I will throw a Rogan podcast in there every now and then. But right now, Nerdist, my brother, my brother, and me, the McElroy brothers are my favorite thing ever right now. Um, Greg Proops, uh, Bang Bang was great this week. Um, Bang Bang was fantastic. Uh, and and if, and the the few others you made it weird has been consistently good recently. Even with people I don't know, I, I try to listen. The Kristen Shaw episode was fantastic, mm-hmm. but her voice just makes everything better in this world. Doug um, with uh, taking the tire. Oh, I downloaded. Did you listen to it yet? I downloaded the uh, Live Louis C.K. Put Live up on a site. It's about a half hour of Tig Notaro's stand-up set. Well, I didn't know she she got bad. I didn't know that she beat. Yeah, she beat cancer. She got the double mastectomy, and I guess she's cancer-free. Good. But she um she did that that half-hour set like a week after she got diagnosed, and everyone was saying like it was amazing, and you need to hear this. So Louis C.K. put up four yeah. five dollars on his site. I paid the five dollars. And it is everything you want it to be. It's so perfect to listen to her talk about why she can't do like a trivial set when she just found this out, but put so much humor into the most tragic set of circumstances. Well, you remember her Taylor her Taylor Dane bit, right? Yes. Because <laughs> she ran into her like five times, and she was like, hey, I like your music. And she responded with, I don't do that anymore. That's not <laughs> who I am. I I want to hear it. Her her. Benson podcast was fantastic. Although Amy Schumer was on it, and I love Amy Schumer more than more than life itself. Um, she was just in Pittsburgh. Amy Man. Amy Schumer. Oh, okay. Thank you, Amy <laughs> Schumer. Um, speaking of Pittsburgh, did you hear that there's a there's a Kevin Smith date soon? Really? What? He, Kevin what? Smith. Kevin Smith mentioned it on when he was doing the um, Jonathan Livingston cell goal. Yeah, find that. I find he's. I'm assuming at the improv. I'm going to assume. Well, is it a podcast tape? I don't know if it's a podcast talking? or if it's going to be him talking, but that's another man that I will listen to fucking talk about anything. I, it's coming to Pittsburgh. Did you there, read his book yet? No. Do you have it? We have a... Tough shit? I've heard it's fantastic. He The opening is just him saying he he qualifies all of his wins by the fact that he was the fastest sperm. So that's... <laughs> are you checking this up right now? So anyway, while you're looking that up, I'm going to finally give my uh, short review of Sinister. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ethan Hawke uh, plays this writer who, he's a crime writer. He had a big hit a, uh, like 15 years back. Is it? Is there a date? Yeah, uh, November 24th. Where? It where? said uh, the, an evening with Kevin Smith live at the Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead. We might have to go to this. Yeah. We're going. I, I'm, he doesn't normally tour Pittsburgh. We are going. Okay. I, I'm assuming he doesn't even charge that much for tickets. Anyway, so he... um. He, he's a crime writer. He wrote this book in the early 90s called Kentucky Blood that was a big deal. And he he was a, he basically a true crime writer, and he found some stuff that the police had missed. He helped solve a case. So he moves to this town, and I'm not sure where it was, and uh, to solve a case of this missing girl whose whole family was hung in the backyard. The opening shot of this fucking movie is an old grainy 8mm or like um, a Super 8 video of four family members being hung from a tree. two children and parents with sacks over their head, nooses around their neck, and on the side of the picture you just see like a chainsaw cutting off the side of the branch and when the branch falls over, it fucking hangs them from the tree. The opening shot is an unnerving silent, may I add, five minutes of watching these people dangle for their lives and then just give up and die. It's the scariest, without getting too much into it, 
that's that. And then Ethan Hawke and his family move into this house, know their son has night terrors, and, and it's kind of a plot device to throw you off the trail of what happens at the end. It's good for a couple scares. By no means is it a fantastic movie. I give it a solid 3 out of 5 because Ethan Hawke is fucking a decent actor. He's he's really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going on on a limb and saying Ethan Hawke is a fantastic actor. I mean, he's pretty good in most stuff. Was he in Black Hawk Down? That was Ethan Hawke, right? Sure. I'm not just saying that because... I get IMDb it, but I, yeah. I don't want to. So... So he, uh, the the police are kind of giving him how in this town because they don't think they've missed anything. But he ends up partnering up with this one officer who thinks he can get him some information. And hilarity ensues, and you find out. Well, he finds the first night he's there, he finds this box of reel to reel Super Eight uh, film in the attic, and they're all labeled like really like things like family barbecue and hanging around uh, uh, pool party lawn work. Lawn work is fucked up. And he puts them on, and they all start out. They're all in between late 90, or, or mid-90s back to the late 60s. And as you watch these films, okay, uh, let's go with Pool Party, which fucked me up the most. I think Pool Party is the first time you see this dude, Bagul, I think is what they call him. The, the, the dude who basically he looks like Sting from wrestling. Like, that's what this dude's mask looks like. You don't really see him a whole lot, but there's this really fucking tit shot in... The trailer, too, where he's, he, he's got the picture on his computer. He's on the phone. He's facing this way. And the picture, he zoomed into the face of this dude from the pool where they shot this at. And the picture on the computer just looks at him like this and just stares at him. That part gave me the heebies. Like, that was that was a fucked up scene. But pool party, all of them start out with families. You don't know who's taking the video. And it starts out with families having, like, family gatherings. And it's all, like, they're in the backyard having a good time. And then about minute into it it cuts to them being pretty much brutally murdered everything's just it cuts to it's them at a pool party they're all having fun you know whatnot and and then it shows them sipping drinks and then it cuts to nighttime suddenly nighttime and the drinks is on the table and they pan over to in front of the pool there's four deck chairs set out and the family has been duct taped to deck chairs and there's ropes on the other side and then slowly but surely you watch the rope pool and the deck chair that they're taped to falls into the pool and then the, you watch the dad in the video his feet are dangling out of the water and you watch him flop around for a little bit and he can only move his feet and then he just just goes limp and oh, you God. then you watch all four of them die like and it's slow and fucking eerie as shit it's unnerving to watch oh god and my personal favorite without giving too much away lawn work and it starts out, there's someone filming from outside of a house. They all look like snuff films, dude. They look like real fucking, real-time snuff films. They're filming from outside of the house. And you see a family enjoying, they're, they're sitting around a TV and whatnot. Then it cuts to pouring rain outside, and you just see a lawnmower. And it starts, and you see someone pushing, but you can't see who's pushing it. And they're pushing it further and further and further. And the music is kind of swung a little bit. It's like real, like, calliope circus music in the background. And all of a sudden, you get to a really quick shot of someone laying on the ground, and then lawnmower over their fucking face. You don't see anything else, but you hear a, just a, Ethan Hawke lose his shit at that point in time. But you don't see the person slowly. It's suddenly, and you just see the thing hit their face, but you don't see anything else. If you pause it, you might be able to see some tearing of, of limbs, but you don't catch fucking anything else besides him just freak out that you watch someone just get their face ripped off by a fucking lawnmower. So much better than the brilliant lawnmower scene in The Happening. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Have you seen The Happening? No. Eminem Shyamalan's best work, man. Uh, I think I'm good. 
Listen, really if we ever want a night where we watch a movie that you can't stop fucking... Like, I'm talking the room level of laughing at a picture. It's all Mark Wahlberg going, hey, what's going on? Hey. It's like what's it's happening? It's him just basically going, hey, you know, everyone, the plants are killing us. What are we going to do? Like, that's the whole movie. And then... Zoe Deschanel, who's fantastic, is awful in this. John Leguizamo, who's subpar, is awful in this. It bummed me out to no end. It bummed me out to no fucking end. Um, but all in all, Sinister, those are the scariest parts. The, 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 the ending, you don't see coming. There's really not a big payoff, though. It's not, it's not a fantastic ending. I feel like this was some high schooler's creative writing project that just went huh. awry. Like... Like look Sucker Punch. I, like Sucker look Punch. Look what I can do with uh, the camera. I'm going to make a video where somebody but gets their I will, face ripped I will say this. But the fact is you don't get to see a whole bunch. They did a fantastic job. And what you do get to see is like strenuous real-time deaths. Pretty fucked up. I, I will say a solid three out of five because there was unnerving moments. But all in all, there's no big payoff. Like that, that's my only qualm with the whole the the whole the whole film. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's worth a see. There's not a lot of good Halloween films coming out right now. Like, it what sucks. There's not a lot of good horror coming out right now. All the best horror is pushed to the end of summer. Normal Activity 4, I'm so excited. I've been hearing fantastic reviews. I can't wait to see the tie-in with the other. Like, every film, like, another, I don't know if they can, like, it was fun once. And then the second one's so good. And the way it's and there's people the first that don't one. like the second one, but I think the second and one's then the fantastic. And the third one, I'm like, okay, well, they're going back a little further, and I don't know. And then the way they tied it in. Well, this one, Katie and uh, Katie Meekar. It's become the new Saw, That's... where it comes out every year. Yes, but Saw, while being gratuitous in, in every single way, like, it was a Halloween tradition for us. You know, we... I, but Saul, the story continued in this way that it was one continuous story. They did a good job with that. It was that. never just like, oh, it's a copycat killer. Oh, it's like something. It all like Scream 2. The very first thing. It all, like everything connected back. They did a, such a good job. I was a little disappointed with the way that 7 or 3D, 3D or whatever yeah. like ended. Because we franchise. all knew that was coming. We all knew he was still alive. But, well, I knew that from the second film. Yeah. Yeah. No, I knew that shit. Um, I was an obsessive of the Saw franchise. I was, it's the one thing, I went all conspiracy theory on it. Like, I did research. I knew every character death in the Saw. Why I attached myself to the Saw franchise, I'll never know. But the first one is so goddamn good. Like, I've seen the first one. The first and second one. That's the second one has one of my favorite twists of any horror film. The ending. I mean, grant you, it's straight out of Ocean's Eleven. But it's, it's really fucking good. The second one is fantastic. If for anything, the fact that they, they let Shawnee Smith fucking... She is eating the scenery. Like, that's... that's She's apeshit in that fucking movie. But the first one's fantastic. I, I really I really do love the first one. Wow. That's a big jump in time. Um, yeah, so... I... Now that we know Kevin Smith's and we know what we're doing in November. Yeah, um... But uh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, Have you guys seen that The League came back? Uh, okay, I have the episode. I haven't watched it yet. I'm very excited to watch it. it it's was always great. sunny and the league are bad. Yeah, it's always that? sunny. Oh, was, that's... it's always sunny. Was very good. Was it good? Too. All, yeah. My my weeks are now booked. Every day of the week is booked up with a show I want to watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's did you the watch same Nashville? Or you haven't watched it. Yet. I did watch Nashville. 
Did you like it? I really liked it. Good. It I haven't good. watched it, even though my, my, my love Connie Britton's in it. Nashville was good. I mean, I fast-forwarded through some of the singy parts. Yeah. Because, hey, you know, Black, country music, blah. Side note, Black Lancelot on uh, Once Upon a Time was from Friday Night Lights. I thought you wanted to know that. Really? Yeah, I don't know what his name was, but he was black. So there you go. Um, that narrowed okay. it down. Black on Friday Night no. Lights. Because I know show. it's not Michael B. Jordan. So. No, it's not Michael B. B. Jordan. Um, although, what's he... On right now, we've we've only reviewed this a million no, times. No, I don't think he's on anything. He just, he, I mean, Matt. he did Chronicle. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he did Michael Chronicle. Jordan did did Chronicle. I'm yeah, he he was on Parenthood uh, a couple seasons ago. Emphasis on Hood. Um, and he, and I mean, he's a good actor, you know. Um, I'm, I'm very much look. I want to watch Nashville. I just haven't got around to it yet. But yeah, it was good. Connie Britton's love child of American Horror Story. It was good. It, I mean, the, like if you. If you take out the whole country music part, like it sets up a lot of good stuff that makes you want to keep watching it. I, so I feel like um, I, I, Ryan Murphy, grant you, he does the sickeningly sweet shit with Glee. That dude thrives in the most macabre of shit. Like, that's why I'm so... Because if you look at the mid-seasons of like Nip Tuck when no one was getting a happy ending and everyone was just fucking depressed all the time. No one's getting what? Happy ending. Thank uh... you. Speaking of happy endings, comes back. Yeah. And community was pushed back again because NBC hates fun. Well, okay. Here's what I'll say about the community thing. And I think we may have even talked about this last week. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. They might be holding on to it because they know one of their Wednesday night shows is about to fail, like Guys with Kids. And they think they might want it as a replacement for that show. For what? Guys with Kids or whatever's on right before. Oh, okay. You mean not Whitney? Which is... Which is unfortunate because well, I actually think too. Guys with Kids is pretty good. I like it. I don't know what the other thing is with Guys with Kids. Um, I don't. I think the new normal is on Tuesday, so I don't think. It's, Do you? No, it's not. That's actually doing okay ratings wise. Um, animal practice. Animal practice. Yeah, yeah animal practice and I, Guys I with Kids are both floundering. Like animal, I like animal practice. They're both it's, floundering, it's so not, they don't know. Tell me, Go On though is is okay? Go On's Go On really NBC's good. new hit. It's good, right? Yeah, it's, good. A, it's a it's it's a hit go on's really good. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Animal Practice. I mean, it has that charm for like the first couple episodes, well, but then it gets really old. Because so. he has that charm. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. Justin Kirk's really good. I um, love him. I mean, I love him on Weeds. Weeds. Yeah, but I mean, He's I, great just, on bang I just don't bang. think the concept's oh, yeah. like great enough to like keep it going no, past a couple right. episodes, and it's just kind of gets samey. I stopped watching it, so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that go. I mean, I'd rather see Community, in all honesty. I know. So, I want Community back so very badly. And I don't want Whitney back so very badly. So, I, I wish they would just shoot it like a horse. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I like Two yeah. Broke Girls, though. Yeah, I do like Two Broke Girls. Two Broke Girls? Never sat and watched it. I want to bang Kat Dennings. Like, it's uh, my well, job. she's got the tickle bitties. She does have tickle bitties. I mean, there's a lot it's of her, things like Nick and Nora I, where they're going to come out of her sweater. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of got this weird thing for pale chicks. Uh, she's like the whitest of white. She's almost transparent. Like, and it's just, I don't know. You've seen the naked photos of her online, right? No, but I'm going to look right now. Oh yeah, those <laughs> are full form and some some bad shots online. Are they real? Yo, yeah, hundred okay. percent real. When did that also? Happen? There's uh, it's, it's been a little while actually. You you've seen the ones they talk about on ba- on Babylon, which was the the Taylor Swift ones that she was trying to deny. Yeah, but she it looks a lot like yeah, Taylor Swift. 
Where did they come from? Her. I think she disseminated them herself. It, she didn't make a hacking thing. I think she... Okay, well, this she looks like the chick from Paranormal Activity. Well, keep going now. Hold on. Oh, oh Wait for my it. God. Wait for it. Ralph's looking at nudes right now. Wow! Yeah, I know, right? Holy if you have Cat Dennings is Those naked. Those are some good-sized nipples. Wow. Cat <laughs> Dennings is naked on the internet. Oh, those titties are good. Those are good to go. Um, but the uh, the the what I was gonna say was <laughs> just the look hey, on Ralph's face are you right, okay now right now is like a child on did Christmas I, morning. Did I give you? Yeah, opens, I was gonna say Christmas. I was yeah, gonna say like, Christmas. He's opening a present and it's like the best present you could ever give him. It's Nintendo sixty four. Yes, <laughs> it's it's filled with. Oh Wonder my Man. God, he's really <laughs> focused like, right now. Hey, have you seen the, the the Taylor Swift nude? What? Okay, we can't have silence. Ralph, <laughs> if if we weren't here, he'd be cranking it right now. She yeah. looks good. I to- yes, I told it's you. Like... <laughs> oh no, she's just keeping it tight. <laughs> In what way? You guys. Okay, wait, tell me about the Taylor Swift thing. What uh, happened? I'll look it up right now. Oh, I'll look have it you up. seen the Snooky naked picture? Because I, I don't. Nope. 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 They they're kind of good. It's a meatball. I don't care. No. I, okay. Wait. Taylor. Taylor Ian, first things first. Ian did it all for the Snooky. That's Taylor, fine with Taylor me. Swear. Hey, new podcast idea. You guys tell me people that are naked <laughs> on the internet. I look it up and you gauge my reaction. But then you know it'll be like five minutes of silence every time you see. You know, a naked photo. Topless cell phone pic. Now, which of her ex boyfriends? Hold on. That she uh, wrote a hey. song about. Oh, hi. So. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't the one I was talking about. I didn't know about that. Could be a fake. That's not, that was like a fake. Never, ever, ever gonna stop looking at those titties. We should yeah, wrap this up good. before we start. Yeah, that's. So, guys, from Trevor and Ian and Ralph, who's gonna go masturbate. Um, he had a game of Dominion to go play, but I, I think. <laughs> I, I think that's been canceled now. All plans are. He's canceled, holding Dominion so. over his dong in a few minutes. Um. Thank you guys for listening to episode eight. I know we trailed off. I I want to point out that I was on point most of the time. I want to point out that is... those are some nice teardrops on her guitar. <laughs> and on that note, goodbye. Oh. Talk to you next week, guys. You've been listening to a product of Spider Duck Internet Radio. Check us out at spiderducknetwork.com and follow us on Twitter at spiderducknet.